Hey, Mac, when does deer season start? Well, if you want the best deer herd possible, Lanny, you need to start right now. Right now. That's, That's why right. we're starting our promotion. I mean, we've got a deer season starts now promotion on plantbiologic.com where you can pick up our Game Changer soybeans, our forage soybeans, and our spring protein peas. While you're there, you might as well go ahead and pick up some brassicas like our final forage and winter bowls. Yeah, stock up for the cool season planting right now. Listeners to the GK Podcast, if you use coupon code GKPOD, you can save an additional 10% off our entire selection of warm season, cool season, and clover food plot seed. Get started today and visit plantbiologic.com for an unforgettable fall. Hi, I'm Jeff Foxworthy, and welcome to Gamekeeper Podcast. If you want to learn more about farming for wildlife and habitat management, then buddy, you are in the right place. Join the Gamekeeper crew direct from Mossy Oak Land Enhancement Studio as they discuss the latest wildlife and habitat management practices, news, and of course, hunting. There's no telling what you'll learn, but I'm going to tell you, I bet it's interesting. Enjoy. We're live in three, two, one. Here we are. It's so good to look down the table and see Lanny. And I know you've been duck hunting this morning. I have. I have. How I've did been it duck go? hunting, not duck shooting. Yeah. Pretty good. I mean, you know, honestly, uh, I had all this cold weather. It seemed like we'd have some ducks down. Uh, there was more ducks in there than I than I thought there were going to be. Did y'all have any wind this morning at all? No. It was. It was. Uh-oh. Is that me? Yeah. I mean all that's, that's all the re- all the reports. Some of your fans calling. All the reports migration reports are saying yeah. that you know they're they're not in missouri anymore they're they're down here hmm. did you see them i saw a few gray ducks we did work one uh, decent group of mallards um and i probably should have shot but i didn't i was not with mr bill you know so trying to get them up there mm-hmm. up front yeah but yeah so it was good had the sunshine meals guys in here today sports and pride people i saw them yesterday yeah they're down there running the camera getting uh Getting the lens full of our director of gun dog operations. That he will One, fill up a lens. And not only Bill Gibson. <laughs> I, you know, listen, you know, duck blind talk is, is pretty good talk. And he was, he was, he was turning some heads out there this morning. Telling some you know, stories. his laugh almost sounds like a hen highball anyway. Yeah. You know, so yeah. just talking may have called a couple Poor thing, of though. You know, it was going in the, the blind wasn't where we thought it was going to be. And it got, somebody had moved it. So somebody moved the blind. Yeah. 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 I, I bet you it was where it was last year. Y'all just didn't remember. No, no, it was moved. It was moved. So I felt bad because I had to, you know, I, I didn't. He he's not really good walking long ways through the water, so I was going to loop him through the woods, um, and then come back on the back side of the place. I went a little bit too far west, so he, he got a few extra steps in. <laughs> yeah, did he, he catch said, you? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, took a little bit of a, of a tongue lashing and then uh but it was it was a pretty morning out there it was good to get my stuff out hadn't done that in a while well look what we're gonna do today this is gonna be a brief podcast we're gonna yeah. do a, this is a bonus one and uh we're gonna one of the things we didn't do last week when we talked to rep was talk about how do you maintain these yeah you know so, that's kind of how we started you know the conversation started around here too and we got on just a straight taxidermy but i think they had a problem with it downtown um, some bugs got yeah, in some bugs yeah. got in some and some ate m- some really yeah. important mouse right right so you know we've got i counted up i don't mean to interrupt no no yeah you counted all the deer heads I count it, there's like 65 deer heads in just this building man you got a bad you taxidermy does melissa know how many deer you've mounted not all mine now taxi's got a heap of them too you got two but there's uh there's about 15 turkeys there's about 25 
ducks. And, Do you count uh, everything in the whole building? Yeah, and so th- so then three the, squirrels, th- and then there's uh, 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 there's uh, I think there's twenty two European mounts. Why do they call them European mounts? I don't know. I don't know. That. Yeah. That's a good question. And uh, I'm a big fan of the Euro mount. Yeah, and then there's like four four elk, and there's four skull uh, European elk. Yeah, all my there's elk a bunch of taxidermy in this old building. A bunch of critters in here. That's right. Yeah. So, uh, Rob Burgundy, uh, can yeah. you get uh, Tyler Coleman? Yeah, can you get him on the phone for us? Absolutely. I think he looks like Rob Burgundy. Well, I'm trying to keep my mustache out of my You see where I'm going with that, Lanny? Let me look you, at him. Remember the movie Ron Burgundy? Anchorman. I remember the Anchorman. Right? I think Anchorman, he looks kind of yeah. like he looks kind of like a hybrid between Ron Burgundy and Tyler Childers. Oh, I've gotten the Childers thing yeah, a lot. Yes. Yeah, here we go. Phone is ringing. Hey, Tyler. Hello. Hey, Tyler. This is Bobby Cole. I got Lanny Wallace and Dudley Phelps and uh, Rob Burgundy, as we like to call him, <laughs> is sitting over here as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Tyler, let, let me I, – I should have done a proper introduction. You are the owner of Full Circle Waterfowl, and you're mm. in up, up in Pennsylvania. And, the PA. Uh, and Rob Burgundy says you're just this fantastic guy for mountain waterfowl. So that's how we came to find you, and that's how we are. So why don't you start by leading off with uh, how to take care of some of these duck mounts? So the biggest method is you always go with, with the grain, you know. So I always take a feather duster or the cotton fill that we actually use for birds, which is just like a really soft cotton you'd fill pillows with. Uh, I will send some home with customers, but... You always brush from front to back. That's the greatest way to dust them off and keep them fresh. I, I tend to go over them once a month, once every other month. And then for the eyes and things like that, you just take a Q-tip with a little bit of Windex, and that tends to do the trick on most of the birds. And if you stay up with it consistently, there isn't much needs to be done long term. Tyler, so uh, our IT department has these cans of air. And occasionally I'll go borrow a can of air and just kind of lightly spray it on my ducks or my turkey or even on my... And that really knocks that dust off pretty good, but am I doing the wrong thing? No. So, I mean, spraying like a can of duster or even um, some compressed air, it does work. But what you're doing is you're taking away some of the grooming that we've done as a taxidermist on the back end. So the cotton, when you're dusting with that, it removes the dust, but it also is grooming the feathers in the process. So if you hit it with too much air in a spot that, you know, it'll mess up the grooming, essentially. So I guess it could make the, you know, I'm, I'm talking in tree terminology, but so the, the, the small feather fibers that stick together. Yeah. Almost, so a feather is almost like a leaf, but if you're blasting it with air, it could kind of bust some of that up. Yeah. Correct. Okay. And definitely, right. I hear what you're saying, dude. Don't go against the grain. You know, don't try to comb him <laughs> out. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, a, a method for like older mounts, say you inherit some and they're pretty dirty and, and you want to freshen them up, a uh, little bit of turpentine on a rag will make a mount shine like it's fairly new. Um, we've taken some pretty old mounts and put a little bit of that on a rag and wiped it again with the feather and made it look pretty new, gave a nice shine to it. We're going to have to give Hercules a bath. I would not have thought about wiping Turpin down. <laughs> no, with, no. With, turp- with turpentine. I would not have thought about that. Hmm. 
Tyler, one of the <laughs> one of the things you and I have talked about in the past of like the two great enemies to taxidermy is dust and and UV light. What if you've got a mount that's in a an office that's near a window, or what are some things you can do to protect that mount from UV light outside of just removing it from the room? Yeah, honestly, the best is just removing it from the room. I mean, there's not a lot you can do. I mean, in time, that Canada goose that could look pretty prime will look like a leucistic Canada goose in 10, 12 years. And there's not a whole lot to get that back after it's gone. But the best bet is just curtains or keeping it out of direct sunlight. Um, and that that's all game, too. I mean, I'm sure you've seen some elk look pretty aged or whitetail. Um, that's just sunlight sun damage we've got a living example of that here matter of fact oh yeah talking about that turkey that's that downtown turkey. yeah it no, looks it's like a, downtown is sitting out in front of it looks turkey. like a color phase turkey yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> well that's what you claim it as after a few years you say it was a color phase yeah that's what we did <laughs> that's great well like what about the like the feet and beak area is that ever problematic and i mean is there something you can do for that so honestly the best thing is you go back to your field care with all of that and how it's taken care of in the field really results in how that mount is in the end and you know if the feet and bills weren't cleaned properly or if they were freezer burnt from the beginning you know even after it's assembled it still could be problematic uh, beyond repair, to be honest. And then, uh, another thing, you know, we talked about insects, like, uh, I know Bobby, Bobby has this box of turkey beards that has gotten, uh, insects in it. And, uh, is there, do you know anything about a, a preventative, uh, or a solution to that? Yeah. So there is a, it's a hide protectant spray. You can pick it up at like a McKenzie taxidermy supply company. It's, I believe it's like a hide and tail. Um, it doesn't work on birds as well as it would mammals, but you can spray it on a rag and wipe it down on your mammals and around the um, burrs and um, horn and antler junctions mainly because that's where the animals seem or the bugs seem to target. You can wipe those down pretty good. But with your birds, a lot of the, the bugs actually come from your habitat. So it's the driftwood that you choose to put it on um that actually tends to carry the bugs and then that uh, attacks your bird but we formaldehyde the feet and inject with master's blend to prevent that so that's it all comes down to the taxidermist you choose and their methods as well um but there are ways even even gassing like ehrlich and and some of your um like bug preventatives they will have gas chambers you can take animals to as well to gas them and kill the bugs but mm. it's still adding another layer of either grease or dirt in my eyes to your to your animal so so what what kind of one, bug is it is it a mite a, i think it's a little beetle if i'm not mistaken. little beetle a lot of uh, there are some yeah there's beetles and then there's uh, moths moths are they're mm. they they do a number on birds huh and thought about that so if you like somebody brought a a, a a mount down to our office downtown and it had some of those beetles or mites Bugs. and it it moved from one mount to the next and so a bunch of them down there got infected hmm. so it's a good idea for a guy to kind of check his what would you look for tyler are there certain signs is it dust underneath the mount or something um a lot of times yeah dust underneath the mount that would appear like it's boring into the wood or um you'll find little kind of like you would a snake skin but the bugs will shell uh 
shed as well and they'll leave their little skins and casings throughout and you'll start seeing that but a lot of your animals it's going to be the ones that have horns and antlers that you keep a skull cap in it it goes back to the care of the taxidermist and how much preparation they do um, but those are the areas you want to look at is that incision on the top and then if you have life-size animals a lot of the feet you know it'll attack those as well but but you just got to watch for that. And, and honestly, there's some taxidermists do um, yearly cleanings for guys as well. It's not something I personally offer, but where I came from, the taxidermy studio I worked for, they do that for many customers every year. And it gives an expert eye on the trophies as well, you know, if, if they see something a little off. So, Tyler, uh, uh, I know you don't specialize in deer, but that uh, a lot of people have deer months. I've always heard, tell me if I'm doing something wrong, but... About once a year, I put a little Vaseline on their nose, and that kind of keeps it slick and black looking like they just licked it. Is that something good? You know, you know, I never personally heard of it. I think that would work, but what we use is uh, Mod Podge. It's, uh, it's something you can get at almost any Michaels or AC Moore or Craft store, and you just dab it on the nose a little bit, and it'll dry up, but it gives a very nice shine. That's, that's what we use for finished work and you know all along the way so yeah that's like a some kind of fancy glue you get at a art store i believe yep. yeah yeah so your Modge dad's Podge. mule deer there needs it bad oh man <clears throat> he's nostalgic looking and you see hercules here it looks like he just licked his nose well hercules is pretty young you know <laughs> two-year-old two-year-old two-year-olds tend to look a little better i mean it, i think it goes <laughs> yeah it goes without saying that you you do get what you pay for ask around find out who the taxidermist in your area has the best reputation uh, that kind of thing is so important yeah it really it really does come down to the prep work that they put into it we always say it's honestly taxidermy's 80% prep work, 20% assembly in my eyes. It's if you do all the dirty work right, the clean work goes together easy. Um, and then you have a lasting mount as well. Well, I'll tell you what, you guys that really specialize in waterfowl, that some of that stuff is just, it's just so it's amazing. It, it is really beautiful. Is. It truly is works of art. Yeah. No, they're artists. I think we're blessed to also get to work on just one game animal. You know, if I had to bounce around and do a whitetail here and there or an elk or life size, predator it it would take away from it i think personally so uh, tyler what's the craziest taxidermy story you got Has somebody ever tried to bring in a parakeet or something like that <laughs> oh man so the i mean the studio i worked for prior to here i'm not afraid to now i mean they uh Kanadi taxidermy i don't know if you've ever heard of them uh we've done things in there from all over the world but the craziest was a a lady that brought in a cat named snowball and oh snowball <laughs> yeah, we tried to help her with it. And once it was mounted, it was kind of one of those things. She came back and she just couldn't, she couldn't emotionally handle the pickup. Well, when she finally did and Mark, the one guy that works there, he was taking some photos of her holding it and the eyes just never could level. The, the photos just didn't look real enough, but <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was pretty wild. And that was the first and last pet we ever attempted to help with. So yeah well snowball oh snowball lives forever meow <laughs> <laughs> yeah in someone's house <laughs> silly humans well tyler what have you got a website address folks can look at yeah i'm um, full circle waterfowl.com 
Uh, you can put in a message there, message me on there, or Instagram, Facebook, uh, whatever works. Up in the, is it, what is it, the Susquehanna River up there? Yeah, yep, Susquehanna River. Uh, uh, we got that and some fields. We're actually really close to uh, Middle Creek um, Wildlife Management, so we, we have some good duck hunting up in this little little corner of Pennsylvania. Yeah, I used to work the Harrisburg, Pennsylvania Sports Show back in the day. Yeah. Man. Oh, yeah, yep. That's a good one. That's a good one. So we've got some connections to Pennsylvania. The uh, so Brian Burhans, who we've known for years, who worked uh, the at the NWTF. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Then the there's a there's a Chestnut Foundation. He worked. He's the director of conservation at, at, in Pennsylvania. In Pennsylvania. Nice. And then Matt Moret. Oh yeah. I'm not sure what he does, oh. but he works there. But I, those guys are just really. Man, you, you're you got good guys looking out for your wildlife yeah, up there. Yeah, you do in Pennsylvania. Yeah, I think a lot of the folks here take it for granted, but seeing behind the scenes and and even the grassroots level, like the chapters, conservation groups, it's it's amazing to see the work everyone does in this state. Is there a state with more hunters than Pennsylvania? I'm not. Um, it was either Pennsylvania or Michigan. I think at one point they had more hunters than any texas is in that mix too but in the north yeah that that trade show you went to is like yeah. the biggest in the a nation a million people used to walk was, through it yeah. Whoa. Yeah. so and does then, anybody here know what pennsylvania means i don't know if i, even I know, know what that. mississippi means <laughs> <laughs> what, like what's the, it mean I, well, I, i'm pretty sure it means pins woods i think huh. so like so Pennsylvania is woods. William like Transylvania, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pens- well, yeah, I son think so. of a gun. Yeah, I could Learned be wrong about new. that, but I'm pretty you sure. Didn't that's a, you didn't. I didn't. Go- check. I, Where's you know, Mac? Ask oh. Jeeves. Mac, Mac. Mac's like not a, here. It's like a Quaker <laughs> thing. Well, Tyler, we sure appreciate you being on. He's given us some good info. Is there anything else we should ask you about? I didn't. I, I got to ask. What's your favorite duck? Oh yeah. Oh. It would have to be a pintail or a common eider. They're two of my oh. favorites. Um. Hen pintail. Hard to. <laughs> What's that? I said hen pintail. I'm just playing. <laughs> yeah. Now they're beautiful. I'm looking at them right now. I cannot kill one. And, and I, I mean, you every kill time one I, with me. But every time I'm saying, every time I kill one, I want to get it mounted. Oh yeah, that's why there's so many around here. <laughs> yeah. I think everyone you ever shot's in here. <laughs> I, do. I I just love them. They're, yeah. they're beautiful. They but beautiful. my favorite is a black duck. Do I was, get many. Yeah, up I there? was gonna say, do you get less than you used to? Yeah, because it used to be pretty lots of them up there, didn't it? Hey Tyler, pay attention. Yes, pay attention when we're talking. To you. <laughs> <laughs> he got ADD too. This audio's—it's all right, but it's still a little in and out at times. It's, so sure, we're teasing. It. It's Rob Burgundy. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's all about him. But we were asking: do, do you get many black ducks these days? Oh yeah, that's that's pretty much our bread and butter. I mean, mm. I love those mallards, but we get we get a lot of black ducks. Hmm, we'll have to go up there and see Tyler. <laughs> I, I tease Rob all the time and say to come up, so you guys are always welcome. But it's got to be the cold months. Ooh, so. it gets really cold up there, too. Yeah, we get we get some good goose hunting, but our our black ducks this time of year, it's it's some fun. Hmm. Uh, yeah, we we got to go do that. Lane. Yeah, yeah. We, mm-hmm. yeah. Tyler, a question that I've, I meant to ask earlier in the podcast was, there's been, you know, like these finisher type tools that some people use yeah. on ducks. Can you talk really briefly? I know the answer to this, but tell people what... If is it, is this the out. little pin they're sticking in their yeah. head? Yeah. Huh. Y'all don't bite them in the head anymore? Yeah. Talk about I, that. <laughs> y'all don't kill I, y'all as well as you I avoid those. I avoid those at all costs. Um, I know there aren't really great 
quick methods for dispatching. And truthfully, I mean, I, I do always say the bird has to get shot to come into you. So it's still most times going to take a shot to the head. But if you can avoid that, an extra one, uh, that's better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so we, you're talking about the little spike thing. You yeah. It started with people using feathers, you know. To, yeah. Which, which is fine for a method if you're trying to to finish one off. But if you if you shoot one and you know it's going to be one that you mount, he's saying avoid avoid using those head it, damage. It damages for sure. the head. Yeah. And those yeah, feathers. Yeah. It's and again, no great. I can't say there's a great humane method to doing it if you're trying to mount it, but you know, the less damage, the, the best, you know, no ring in the necks, no extra holes. Cause sometimes guys don't use them correctly. And it's five or six holes right in the back of the head and pretty important spot there to get the proper grooming. So that finisher thing just has come <laughs> on the last few years. Though. Yeah. I mean, we never use those. Yeah, I'm not today. a big fan. My, you know, I shoot apex. I just don't yeah, have that yeah. problem. We just shoot our dogs, huh? <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, shoot them, shoot them dead. That's, that's the best method. It's the best. Yeah, we'll work with Rob on that. See if we can't bring them up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tyler, is there anything else guys? Lenny, you got it, Dudley? I, I have, I'm going to ask the same question. Astra. Is there a technique for on birds specifically, uh, to field dress them so you can still mount them? So you can eat them in mouth. Yeah, so I can eat them in mouth. So I I don't advertise that I can do that because I think everybody would want me to do that with their bird. But yeah. I, I'll use a clean scalpel and a clean syringe, one that I would use for field dressing. And then, I mean, I could at least get the breasts out pretty easily without, you know, chemicals or a dirty blade. You know, one, one incision down the breastbone and clear that away, you can cut the breast out pretty cleanly. But Beyond that, I start using borax, and I just wouldn't want anyone eating any of that. <laughs> right. So, so you're saying a clean incision down the breastbone, and very carefully, obviously we can't pluck it. You know, you're gonna have to just pull right. the meat out of there. <laughs> yeah, if you do a if you do a big enough straight incision right down that breastplate, and you can cut the meat out, like cut the skin back away. But if you take it to the taxidermist and ask them, most of them will do that. I've I've done it with sandhill cranes and specks. Ooh, and things the ribeye of the sky. To eat, so. Um, it's important. Cool. Tyler, are you a big fan of these dead mounts we see these days? Hanging. So this, this is where I stand as a taxidermist. I don't <laughs> always enjoy seeing them. I don't know that I would have them in my house, but putting them together is pretty nice. It's an easy way to mount a bird, but it's, it's all in taste. You know, it's preference. I just don't prefer hanging those in my house. That's me. Yeah. Hmm. I'm looking at a pintail, right? It, it's a beautiful mount. It, uh, I, I've, they've really grown on me. Well, I, and I think for us, it came from turkeys. You know, we all, I don't know, we always wanted, you know, we hang, I hang, when I kill a turkey, I take it to my porch and I hang it by his feet. We all walk around and talk about it. Yeah. yeah. Feel yeah. all good. So yeah. I, I do see his point. I mean, a, yeah. a taxidermist, I don't know, you, you think that their job is to bring something back to life. Yeah, make it and look then, like it's in the And middle. then they're making it look like it's dead. So I get it. I get it yep. too. Now, if, if I do a dead mount, I like more than one bird. I like a grouping, something that does oh, yeah. tell a story, maybe, maybe a, a stringer, whole stringer, you know, a whole something stringer. like that. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, full stringer or, you know, a nice log full, that would be nice. <laughs> Tyler, we appreciate you being on here. Folks yeah, can man. check you out at fullcirclewaterfowl.com. Boom. There well, yeah, is. and thanks for, thanks for having me on. And if, if any of you guys are up here in Harrisburg this February, give me a shout. I'll be, be, be around. Probably wow. stopping in with Spencer at Rolling Thunder and some other places. So 
Dudley, you should go work the Harrisburg Sports <laughs> yeah. Show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have a, set up an Ask Dudley booth. I like that? it. <laughs> oh, wow. Tyler, it's great to meet you. Thank you so much. Yeah, and, thanks, uh, Tyler. And we wish you the best. Hey, thank you very much, guys. Thanks, Tyler. This season. You too, brother. Hey, take care. I can't believe you're knocking my mule deer over here. <laughs> How old is that mount? 60s, early 70s? Uh... Were you born? It's I don't know if I was born. It's got to be late seventies, mid to late seventies. It's held up pretty well though. Yeah, but man. you can see the difference in the noses. I mean that <clears throat> that nose is dried out. Yeah, yeah. And didn't they? I mean, early on they had to like shrink the hides to the form. Not on that one, but I've got a my, one of my dad's whitetails from the sixties that I'll bring in here, and y'all will be like, "What?" Is yeah, that? they've they've come a long way in even twenty years. Yeah. But yeah. it's still a skin stretched over a form. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, they basically make leather out of the hide and, and put it back on there. They tan it. And, but that's the, a cool That's a cool. Mount. It is. It Sorry. shows how muscular his neck is. Yeah. And uh, it, it's a neat-looking neat looking deer. So these, you know, these deer mounts, if you look, all the forms are a little bit different. And now you can get the ones that have, the, you know, veins in the face. And yeah. they, they look so real. It's incredible. And, I, you know, I'm always the weird guy, but uh, – I kind of, talking about deer mounts, I kind of like that mount that you see in a restaurant where it's just the neck and it kind of looks old. Yeah, it looks a little surprised, like, oh. <laughs> I'll bring mine up here. I've got one. It's, it's Yeah. What it's do y'all think legendary. about uh, guys when they've done like a gun rack out of the hooves, oh, we've got, turned I, up? Got I've, one out of that one right there. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've got, I've got one too. Held a 300 mag. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Your dad probably took a picture with the rifle laying in that mule deer's antler. Oh, yeah. You know, hold, hold, that was the, the way to do it yep. back in the day. On a three-wheeler. Hold, hold him up. On a three of those mm-hmm. red Hondas. Oh, yeah, yeah that's red Honda. Sure was. The kid crusher. And, and he did the feet, and he the rifle he shot the deer with hung in the feet. I need to find those feet. they got to be around here somewhere. We were cheap. Most of ours were just the antlers with that velvet thing over it. But, that's what the majority of his were. Um but when he started going out west and he, he'd bring him in, when he brought his first elk back, he's like, I don't know how we're getting in there if we got to take a wind out. She's coming out. We're going in with it. <laughs> that, you know, those the antlers and the, the mounted ducks, they, they just involve so many memories. And it's just such a, a cool addition to a room. I think they bring a good energy to a room. Yeah, I can see sure. that. When I look at that turkey strutting right there, I can – Makes vividly remember wh- what he looked like strutting coming down through the Knoxville River bottom. And uh, we probably need to do a bonus podcast on just turkey preservation. Yeah. yeah. Probably so. We didn't even ask that, did we? No. Does he mount turkeys? Call him back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll uh, we'll do that. Okay. Uh, right I think there. he's kind of we'll a waterfowl that. guy from just listening to him. Yeah. Uh, Bobby, I can't believe stuff. you don't have a full-bodied mount of a whitetail. You know, I've always wanted one. I know you have. I, I have one. <laughs> Just uh, hadn't pulled that trigger. Yeah. I, Hercules I'm, almost got it, I imagine. If I ever kill a deer that – I don't know. I, I, I don't know where I would put one. And if I put it out – I mean – M- Melissa wouldn't let you have fine. it in the put house. Put it in the foyer. No, she's fine with oh, it. Okay. She actually likes the stuff. But I, I mean, I if I killed like a piebald or something, uh, that might be cool to do a full body mount. Do not go out to the place there. <laughs> we'll bleep that yeah yeah bleep that. <laughs> yeah all right guys well it's uh i don't know what else to say yeah yeah i gotta get back to taking gamekeeper subscription orders yeah well so the uh, dud you've been getting some calls people the winter issue is out now nice 
And uh, it's a beautiful issue. It's got a pintail, a real uh, a go, going away shot of a pintail. So if a guy does, I don't know why you don't subscribe because it's a great deal. But mm-hmm. if you're listening and you don't, you should subscribe. It's not expensive. But you can go to Tractor Supply, Bass, Bass Pro Shops, Walmart. You know, yep. and Pick them places, up on the newsstand. Yeah, and they don't put in but six or eight or ten, so and they look, can sell out. But. That's right. And all you got to do is look on that magazine rack, and the best-looking magazine out there, that's us. Yep. And the cover is kind of scratchy. Yeah. So you could sand good. your uh Yeah, you knock the rust off your 870 with it if you need to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, multi-purpose. I like it. Yep. All right. Well, we we do need to get back to things. We got a lot of stuff going on, but uh it's been good. I hope guys have learned something cuz you need to take care of these things and they'll last a long time. That's right. That's right. Keep them out of the sun. Yep. Number 1. Why don't you say goodbye, Dudley? Goodbye, Dudley. Get us out of here, Rob. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Gamekeeper Podcast. And be sure to tune in again. Subscribe to Gamekeeper Farming for Wildlife magazine. And don't miss the Mossy Oak Properties Fistful of Dirt podcast with my good buddy, Ronnie Cuz Strickland.